everybody. Welcome once again to Gaming Street Irregulars. My name's James Irish. Uh, unfortunately, Chrissy isn't going to be joining us, but uh, that's just, it is what it is. She's got to deal with a muffler part as we record this. Today, we have three special guests in the digital booth in conjunction with 28 Days of Black Cosplay. First up, joining us once again, you saw, you heard her voice a couple episodes ago. Please welcome back to the show, Aka Kyoga. Hello. And welcome to the show for the first time, Galaxy the Mystic. Hi. And also welcome to the show for the first time, the prolific Night Mage. Hello. So February, in conjunction with Black History Month, is 28 Days of Black Cosplay, where creative, Black creatives in the cosplay world are highlighted, celebrated, and although we should be doing this year-round, this is specifically to expose people to talent they might not have seen, and just put as, po and just put as much positive energy in this corner of the cosplay world as we can. Akihoka suggested this episode to conjoin with our uh, expanded coverage of cosplay-related material on the podcast. So, so here we have her back and our two new guests, and let's and let's just jump right in. This is probably the most you're going to hear me talk throughout the show. Galaxy, let's start with you. And what was your first costume? Okay. Um, my first costume was a... I tried to do like a Mother Earth type of costume. I had joined a group last year recently. And it'll be a year, I believe, this month. Okay. Oh, so you are actually very new. Yes, I'm very fresh. <laughs> okay. And uh, Akakioka, tell us, you, you told us when you started on the last podcast, but I don't think we got what your first costume was. Uh, my first costume was Sasuke from Naruto. <laughs> ah. There's not much to say about that, but um, it was a good time. I bought it at the convention and then I wore it the next day. No wig, no nothing, but it was a good time. Everybody starts somewhere, but I love it that, that you were enjoying yourself so much you decided to dive in headfirst the next day. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a good show. It was a good time. And Night Mage, how about your first costume? Uh, so, yeah, first costume was uh, John Stewart Green Lantern. Um, that was way back in, in 2011. Uh, it was just really for Halloween. Uh, I was always, like, dressing up for Halloween and... Um, I, I didn't know anything about cosplay. I didn't know anything about conventions. Um, and that wasn't a costume you could find at, like, Spirit Halloween or anything. So uh, my girlfriend helped me piece it together um, using, like, Under Armour's fabric, sewed it together, and went out to the bars and had, had a blast. And a buddy of mine was doing a uh, charity event, and I asked, you know, if I could come mingle as, as John Stewart. So I went did that, and uh, that's that's how I got started. Um in 2012, I, that's all I was doing was was charity events. And then uh, at the end of 2012, I went to my first convention, and it was downhill from there. Okay. And 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 you and the missus do a lot of cosplay together, I've seen. No, actually, she does not cosplay at all. She is the total opposite of me. She She's a seamstress. She loves to sew. Um, she loves the creative process of it, but she she does not cosplay. The person oh. you're probably, yeah, the person you're probably thinking of is Super Casey. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone thinks that you know we're we're together. No, we're not. Um, 
Uh, that's just, that's my that's my that's my best friend. That's my sister. Um, my so humblest yeah. apologies for the no, mistake. No, no, no worries. It's a it's a honest mistake. Everyone everyone mistakes it. Well, at least I got it out of the way on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, let's stick with you, Night Mage, and then we'll go back in reverse order. How about your favorite costume so far? Um, my favorite one is always going to be my next one. <laughs> because I'm I'm constantly thinking of something to do, um, and I just like I'll start a costume, I'll finish it. Like I just finished Hordak yesterday, and I'm already now. That's like it's like that meme where where the guy's walking past, another girl is looking back, and his girlfriend's like, "What?" Yeah, that's me. That's constantly me with costumes. So I'm always looking forward to the next one. So my favorite one is always my next one. But if I had to pick one from one I've already done, then they're all my babies. I've, I don't know. I've done about 260 now. Um, probably Predator. And and that's only because I do everything on a budget. And that's the one I love to show that, you know, it doesn't really have to be expensive um, and time-consuming to be awesome. So, yeah, that, that's that's probably the one I'm most proud of. All right. And Akakioka, how about your favorite? Um, my favorite would definitely either be... Actually, honestly, all of my favorites are all, all of my armor builds, just because I put the most work and the most effort into them. So it would be between Nargakuga from Monster Hunter, uh, Surfetched from Pokemon, and my Confessor Peltris, which was a Zack Fisher design from World of Warcraft. And speaking of Surfetched, the Pokemon Twitter page just retweeted my Surfetched today. So I've been like swamped with comments about how everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And it's oh, been years. It's been a year since I made that costume. Like I wore that last year in January, and it's picking up circulation again. So it's been really fun, kind of seeing people like re-enjoy it after it had already been out for a year, and I get to see it again. And I love that costume. So it it brings back a lot of good memories for me. You never know when something's gonna pick up again. I love that. And uh, Galaxy, how about your favorite costume so far? Um, well, I had the Nani from last year from the show Plunger. I actually enjoyed that. I also just did Hinata Shoyo from... Oh my goodness, I just watched the show like a thousand times. IQ? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, I had <laughs> just did it. I had got the outfit. But I got the outfit as a girl version. I literally did go buy the volleyball knee pads, and I had brought the volleyball. But just a regular one, not the exact one, because I didn't see it on there. I would, probably, I would probably have to do it again. And I just recently did a cosplay of my own as, like, medieval times, like a runaway elf, because it's just a lot of shows that has, like, creatures that's running away. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be one of those in... I enjoyed it because I love the fact that I did a full face makeup again for the second time, but it actually came out even better because I took my time to actually do the makeup. I didn't rush. All right. That, that's great. That, that makeup, cosplay makeup always impresses me. So that, so that definitely, I'm really glad to hear you're happy with how that turned out. So let's talk about your favorite convention experiences. Uh, Akakyoga, anything in particular stand out to you? Getting drunk. 
<laughs> no, I mean, it's funny because the biggest, like the two biggest things that I love doing at a con is one, getting to do cosplay groups. So the Monster Hunter group that I did at Kasi was really fun. I did a Women of Marvel group at Dragon Con a year, two years ago now. Oh, geez. Where's the time gone? But a lot of the times my favorite just overall like things that happen at a con are always out of costume with just drinking with friends like after hours and just hanging out because I genuinely just love getting to see people that I normally don't get to see on a regular basis and I love social interaction so obviously you know getting tanked is just something that you can always laugh about because there's always funny stories that happen like to somebody at some point during the con but yeah, just between being able to cosplay with friends and then getting to hang out with them afterwards are always a good highlight for me. All right. And Galaxy, how, how about you? Any particular favorite convention experiences in or out of cosplay? No, I was going to go to my first one um, last year. I was going to go to the BlurCon that everyone was talking about when I was getting my tickets ready. Um, I was going to dress as Chise from magnus bride but when the pandemic happened it was over oh no oh dear no i didn't get to start i'm hoping when the pandemic over i can at least get one (laughs) one in maybe three um i'm right there with you on that and uh so nightmage uh how, how about your favorite experiences so far at a convention um you know, it, it, probably just the hanging out, uh, the hanging out with friends and meeting new people, and traveling. It's just that's that's what I think I miss the most. Um, and those those are my my best experiences. I love judging like costume contests. I love seeing people's creativity and just the cosplayers. But um, I think just just interacting with people that's that's always been my favorite part. Excellent. Excellent indeed. Now, any of the three of you can jump in at this uh, for this one. Uh, do you have any particular role models or, or people you, you look to for advice or inspiration when it comes to putting together your cosplays or you know, look, looking up videos on YouTube or anything like that? Uh, I guess I'll go. Um, just... I think I have too many to name. So, so the process with me, um, when I'm thinking of a character, one thing I actually I don't do is I do not look at other people's cosplays of that character. The reason why I don't do that is because subconsciously, you're always going to be tr- thinking, "Well, I kind of want to do this. I want. I think I could do better than that." And and that's not the mindset I really want to get into. So I honestly will always look up different artists, toys, and stuff like that. Once I start the costume, and once I'm going, then I'll actually start looking up other um, other cosplayers that's done it, and just maybe add, you know, a little twist to something they've done, something like that. Because I've already started in my mindset of how, the direction I want to go. Um, but as far as construction-wise, and, and helping, and tutorials, like, there's so many, man. Like, Kamui out is... is fantastic she's easy to learn from um steven smith um there's just there's a lot of people actually i'll I'll go to if i'm stuck with something um i just need like a little 
little little kick in a button on how to how to craft. Okay, Galaxy, how about you? Um, for me, just listening to Nightmage, I definitely see what he was talking about. When I first started, I was just looking at other people's cosplays, and I was just like, man, I don't know how to do any of that. And then after a while, um, I noticed that in the cosplay world, everything is always going to be repeated over and over again. So I try to go back in time. Like, I like stuff like going back in time. Like, I had did, like... Rizzle and Frenchie from Greece, because I'm just a huge fan of some of the 80s movies. Mm. And just trying to switch up the hairstyles a bit, because I noticed that some cosplay hairstyles will not look right, so I'd rather do it like kind of my way, but I'll find like wigs that are really natural and feels natural for me. Um, I did that with the Hinata outfit as well. I had... um got like this curly orange wig it's just all curly and puffy and it just looked like <laughs> it was mine um if anybody uh when it comes to looking up to anybody um i did recently like i said i joined two groups i joined the urban anime lounge and i joined black cosplay boosters so i watch a lot of their work and like having them being supporting and then asking questions like you know what it is you think or what can be changed. But usually it's just a lot of encouragement. So it's like, you know, when you're getting better, when they realize like, oh man, your cosplay way better than the next one. Like I was super proud of it. And I definitely can see it when it comes to, I guess you could say like a bunch of likes on social media. Oh, naturally. And Akakiyoga, any uh, role models or, or people you look to for advice or inspiration? Um, it's funny because I, when, before I actually met Night Mage, I actually looked up to a lot of his stuff too, because he would just churn shit out really quick. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, he's really fast. I probably can't do that, but I admired that out of him for sure. Um, and then Cutie Pie Sensei is another one. She is phenomenal. Um, I look up to her not only as like a role model, but she's also a really good friend of mine. And overall, I really just look up to people who are able to create like really cool builds. Um, since I'm a seamstress and I'm an armor maker, I typically look for people who are really into craftsmanship, who enjoy like doing what they do, and also, you know, are able to give advice if it's ever needed. Uh, typically, if I'm ever starting on a build, I will always scour the internet to be like, has anyone done this before? Okay, nobody's done this. Has anyone done anything similar to this? And then I'll kind of just start asking friends around and be like, hey, I'm stuck. I need help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, honestly, the internet's the best and the biggest resource in terms of, hey, like, do you need assistance with this specific thing you need to make? And Kamu, he usually has all of that covered. So, <laughs> so she's definitely another one of the armor builders that I look up to. But I just love getting to see both new and like older generation cosplayers working on things because everyone brings something new and something cool to the table. And so I would, I will never like rule anybody out of, Oh, like they don't know what they're doing. So maybe I, you know, like you won't listen to them. And so I just love just taking in information from everyone because everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn. And I kind of just take that with like everything that I do and I just kind of roll with it. Excellent. 
Now, I want to specifically highlight a costume from each of you. And Galaxy, one of the, one, what I want to start with with you is your Diana Ross from The Wiz. What <laughs> brought inspired you to do that one? Oh, Diana Ross? Um, I don't know. I think I was sitting down and, like, I've seen the movie. I've seen The Wiz. And I was just sitting there. I was like, hmm. I was like, I don't think no one has literally cosplayed Diana Ross. And I'm like, she is amazing. Who wouldn't want to cosplay The Wiz? I was like, if I could, I would be in the musical but it was funny because I enjoyed doing it because I'm like over here singing the song <laughs> ease down the road while I'm doing the cosplay. Love it. And that looked like it was actually a pretty easy one to put together. That's about the only kind of cosplay I'm able to do myself. I love at this moment. cosplay. Yes. It's so, yes, it's that... so much easier. <laughs> so much easier. And... And to that end, actually, what was the most complicated cosplay you've put together? Oh, complicated. I think, um, I don't want to say, I want to say it's the Bumblebee from Teen Titans because I wanted to actually try to make the wings instead of buying them. So I had made the wings out of cardboard and wire, which took like a good little minute to actually put together and paint and do the lines. And like at the time, you know, cosplay is like really expensive. So I was on a budget and I was just looking for a top for it. And I was like, this is not the Bumblebee top. And I just went to Dollar Tree and found the top that was like a kid's skirt. And I was like, I can fit it. I can put it on this is how we're going to work. And I'm just going to do my best to put these braids that I had at the time as much as possible in buns. And I was kind of struggling because my braids kept falling down. Oh no. <laughs> but it, but it, I, I don't have a picture of that one in front of me, but I'm sure it turned out great in the end. Yeah. I think that's like one of the ones during the summertime. Okay. Now, Night Mage, the costume for you I want to specifically point out is easily one of my favorites you've done, Serpentor. What brought you to that character? Um, I, I've always loved G.I. Joe. Um, uh, and honestly, I, I think I just woke up one morning, and I was, I was in the bathroom, and that character just popped in my head, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do Serpentor. That's usually how all my characters go. So I just went ahead and uh, um, decided on how, like, uh, what kind of design I wanted to go with. Um, the hardest part of that costume was obviously the, the headdress. Um, so I was able to find a, a costume snake head from, like, Walmart. And I was able to modify that and repaint it and add on to it and, and airbrush a bodysuit. And, yeah, it turned out pretty well. Okay, yeah. You, you would fit right in with the Flower City Comic Con group. There are a lot of G.I. Joe fans. Oh, yeah. That's my childhood. Like, I, I, like whenever I talk about cartoons and and um, how cartoons and toys just aren't how they used to be, G.I. Joe is, like, my number one to go to. Okay. And Akihyoga, the costume I want to highlight for you is... Uh, was the cover of your calendar from last year. Uh, your 
your Zelda costume. Uh, tell me about the build for that. So that's actually one of the ones I did not make. <laughs> Which is okay, because you know what? Insert sad it's trombone noise here. No, it's okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I tell people that all the time when people are like, hey, like, we love your Zelda. Like, what did you do? All I say is, hey, like, I just went online and I bought it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because as many times as I've made my own costume, sometimes I just don't feel like making one. And that's okay, too. I think a lot of times when cosplayers kind of come into the community, they automatically assume like everyone from like our quote unquote, like generation for like making everything, everything has to be perfect or else you're not a real cosplayer. And it's total BS because there's still plenty of us who still buy our own costumes and we still have fun all the same. And so I love that that costume has been like such a good staple for me. And like a lot of people know like that I've done that. And it's like the flagship of, hey, I didn't I didn't make that. I bought it. But you know what? I had fun with it, and it looked great, and that, like, I had fun, right? And that's, like, really all that should matter. Like, you're a cosplayer, whether you make it or you buy it. That's that's the motto. That's As long as you have fun, that's all that should matter. Absolutely. 100% agreed. All right. Now, now we're going to get a little bit more uh, potentially political here. Any particular social media challenges you've experienced as being a, a black individual in the cosplay space? Uh, Galaxy, if you want to start, go right ahead. Um, for me, starting, I think one of the social media challenges that when you start off being new, you know, you don't really have that bump or you don't really have that boost. You're just starting off because you can get advice from a lot of people and hope that people that you talk to who are other cosplayers will absolutely boost you. So it's like a, it's a hit or miss. Um, every now and then I'd be like, okay, I can do this. I haven't really experienced any negativity. Like I said, I'm just starting off. So, so far, I think the biggest challenge is just trying to get like popularity points. But now after a while, I'm just realizing I'd rather just be recognized for my work. Because I, I want to actually put a lot of effort into it. I know what I know is a lot of people get a lot of popularity from characters they've done or like characters they've seen. I'm just kind of a little backwards. <laughs> I just want to do like mythical creatures if I could and expand. Right now, I'm still learning, especially like with the makeup and hopefully maybe one day learn how to do some foam work. But for now, I'm just taking my time. All right. Uh, Akakioga, how about you? Any specific challenges you faced on social media? I've been in the community for so long that I kind of just don't care anymore. <laughs> um, at the beginning, I didn't really get much just because I wasn't like, I guess, like a yeah. as big of a figure online, quote unquote, as I am now. But I, a lot of the times I just get people saying like, oh, this character's not black or, oh, you ruined them. Or I've gotten, oh, you're the burnt version of this character. I've gotten the inward version of this character. You ruined my, like, you like you ruined my waifu, yada, yada, yada. I get it like at least a couple times a day, every day. And I've really just gotten to the point where the more comments like that I get, 
the like the can like the cancerian leo in me is basically like oh you don't like it too bad i'm gonna do it again and do more of them because i just don't care like it at one point it did get to be and i almost wanted to quit like earlier on in my cosplay career but i also know that the, the people that are saying these things they they're probably pretty miserable and they just want to see you miserable too so i'm not gonna give them the the win of the day by like letting me concede and i'm gonna just keep doing what i'm doing because i wouldn't be here if it weren't for me continuing to just do what i love regardless of like the few naysayers that are out there because they're they're always going to be there but i'm i'm enjoying the fact that now that i've been here a lot longer than some who are just beginning I'm seeing the community being a lot more inclusive and a lot more willing to jump in for cosplayers who are getting hate, which is amazing because we need that. Like the racism in the community shouldn't exist. Like, even though like we know racism exists in real life, this is a space where we're here because we want to have fun. We want to be creative and we want to enjoy our hobby together. And I hate that that's becoming like something that, you know, is still perpetuating in our culture so I'm happy to see that more and more people are stepping up to the plate and saying like F off to racism because we're just black cosplayers are just here trying to have fun. Like that's, that's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to vibe. And you know, there's just going to be people that are jealous of our melanin and you know what? I don't blame them because I'd be jealous too. <laughs> and Nightmage, uh, any particular challenges you've encountered on social media or any difficulties in that regard? Um, personally, um, not so much. Um, I will say, like when I first started, um, when I first started, uh, one of the reasons why I did Guy Gardner, I mean, why I did John Stewart Green Lantern, was because I really wanted to do Guy Gardner, but I didn't know if that was going to be socially acceptable for me to. He got Gardner, because he's you know traditionally seen as a white guy. So, um, I stuck with my my first my, my second favorite Green Lantern, John Stewart. Um, I could I, I was so wrong. Like I should have just went ahead and done Guy Gardner because now I know that like there's there's skies and limits. There's there's no wrong way to cosplay. Pretty much what I believe is cosplay is nothing really more than just your fan art. And so depending on the character, Batman. Batman's been seen 10,000 different ways, you know, depending on the artist, director, um, whoever's doing the character. So cosplayers were artists in our own right. So how come Batman can't be a, you know, six foot, 255 pound black guy from Earth number 999? I think it's very well possible. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, 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 I had, um, for for a long time, I thought that you know you, I sh I couldn't do certain characters, um, and then when I got out of that mindset, it was really odd because I would get a lot of people online saying, "Hey, you should do Luke Cage. Hey, you should do Blade. Hey, you should do War Machine," and they were only suggesting um, traditionally black characters, and that threw me in the mindset of you know what I'm doing everything but black characters because of that, but. <laughs> But it actually hit me that once I started doing more and more characters, and the same people would start suggest, you know, suggesting Thor and suggesting any any character they can think of. They just didn't care. They just want to see me 
bring the character to life. So it hit me that honestly, they weren't suggesting these characters because they think I could only pull off black characters. They were really honestly suggesting those characters because they believe that I could pull off that character that they love so much. So now that they see that I can pretty much do any character and I throw my heart into that, now they're just like, you know what? I, I can believe him as Chun-Li. <laughs> I can believe him as as Mystique. I can, you know what I'm saying? So that was, that was probably my only um, thing is... is getting people to, to see that my goal really isn't to try and replicate someone else's vision of a character. My goal is really to make you believe that character always looked like me. I do think it's crazy, though, that you had to kind of put yourself in that position to make them believe that you could do it. Whereas they never, like, as a black person, you have to make that extra couple, like, steps in order for them to, like, almost kind of be okay with it when they should have just, like, been okay with it from the get-go because yeah. there's something about people when they like say oh my gosh you should cosplay storm you should cosplay x black character it's like sure i get where you're coming from but at the same time like a black character shouldn't be like the end goal for these like for like what we do right because it's like at the end of the day the costume is what should matter because our skin tone can't change it's like, hey, like, you know, if I were a white girl and I cosplayed, you know, Usagi from Sailor Moon, she's not white. She's Japanese. I've never heard of a white girl named Usagi before. Right. But they're not going to get the, oh, well, you should cosplay Elsa from Frozen or you should cosplay this, like, white character because you're white. They kind of get more of that exploration to cosplay whomever they want, Japanese or white and they don't have to prove anything to anybody else. Whereas if you're black, you're suddenly always thrown to the black characters first to be like, you should cosplay these people. And they will never suggest you to cosplay anyone outside of being black once and like, until you like prove yourself, which shouldn't be the case. And that's honestly like gatekeeping in of itself. And that shouldn't, that shouldn't exist. Cause that's not fair. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're a hundred percent correct. Um, it, I will say, though, and, and it's not an excuse at all, but 90, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say 90%. 90% of the comments that um, typically, typically will get are people from outside of the community that really don't understand the concept of cosplay. Um, so th I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a huge, huge thing to know is it's a, it's it's a it's a learning experience. So you know the people that would would make those type of comments to me, once they learn exactly what cosplay is all about, and and you could be anyone you want, they learn from it, and now they know that oh wow, he you know he and she can do whatever they want, and the sky's the limit. Um, it's the people that the purists that refuse to to budge on on the artistic liberties that that's the issue. And I want to quickly circle back to one thing you said, Night Mage, about about this can be this character from Earth 999. That's always been something that's bothered me about people who say, hey, X character can't be black. It's like, we're nerds. We're aware of the concept of the multiverse. Right. This should be easier for us. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, it's just people are purists. It's, it's kind of like when with, with movie casting. Um you know, we 
we we understand that it's it's fantasy and any character can be anything, but you know, someone gets cast in a movie and we're like, oh my god, no, they're not the right person. They're they're too small or they're too big or whatever. You know, it's it's the exact same thing. You know what I mean? I, I think we all kind of fall subject to it. Um, True. So. It's funny, too, because it's like we're also not being paid like millions of dollars to do what we do. Honestly, if I were being paid millions of dollars to do what I did, I would cosplay Storm every day for people just so they would be happy. Like that one is like it would be just that easy. It's just the like they're comparing uh, like people who are actors who are making all this money to hobbyists who, you know, would love to make that kind of money or even anywhere close. Like it's we're, you know, like as fans, like we should have a little bit more of that artistic liberty, as you said, to be able to explore like the options of, well, what if this character did exist and like they could look like this and because they're cartoon characters, they technically don't exist in all reality. It's just the, this is like the artist's interpretation of if this character did so happen to exist, this is their like iteration of it. But that's what, yeah, that's what I love specifically about comics is that, the multiverse is a thing that exists and like there are a million Spider-Mans. There's like a million of everything that could potentially just be because they set it up that way. I wish anime and like video games kind of had the same. These characters could literally look a million different ways because they exist in like 30 different universes. But I will give it to the comics that like you have, we have that one loophole and it works every time. <laughs> Okay, so next I want to talk about uh, your dream cosplay. What is the the one costume you would do if you had unlimited budget, unlimited resources, uh, the works? Galaxy, what's yours right now? Um, my dream cosplay is, um, oh my goodness. I say circle back for me because I have the name and I don't understand. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Viola Garden. Violet Garland. She's um from a show who's basically a girl who took in as like a war machine. But over time, she's trying to live her life now as like a typewriter. She goes around the world. Like, I literally want to cosplay her, the hair, the dress, the shoes, all that together. It's like, I think I will spend maybe over $100 if I ever get the chance to cosplay her. So that's someone I'm, I'm definitely putting on hold that when time comes, she's like the one person I want to do. All right. Oh, and it's Violet. Violet Evergarden. <laughs> okay. Violet Evergarden. Got it. I'll make sure to look that one up. Uh, Nightmage, I don't... You've been so prolific turning out costumes, it's almost more a question of what's left for you instead of what your dream cosplay would be. Um, Definitely Voltron. Voltron is is my end-all, be-all. Like Once I do Voltron, I'm done. I'm never making a costume again. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, Voltron is that's that's totally my dream. I, I want to do the lions, not the cars, the lions. 
Hmm. Yes, the 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 Voltron everyone remembers. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, just flat out the better Voltron. Oh, I'm I'm gonna remain Switzerland on that debate. <laughs> well, mostly because as a host, Switzerland should be the default. And Akakioga, how about you? Your dream costume right now? It's funny because I don't. I'm I'm very like all over the place when it comes to my loves right now. Um, I feel like any of these cosplays would be a dream right now. Um, and it's. Uh, I would say something from WoW, like any char- like any character from WoW. So like a WoW either armor build or a, a tier set of armor. I don't have any specific one that I can think of off the top of my head, but like something from WoW. Um, another cosplay from uh, Monster Hunter would be really fun. And then it's it's funny because now I'm thinking too, it's like, if I could make a Gajinka of the Liger Zero from Zoids, that would be really cool too, because like there's like an unlocked memory of Zoids in my head and like the Liger, just like the original OG white Liger is still one of my favorite Zoids. And I have it's like Gunpla model, like in my room. And every time I look at it, I'm like, you know what? This would be really cool. And so maybe one day I'm a bust out of Zoids cosplay, but who knows? I I just love too many things for me to say like what is my dream because usually my dream ends up being something that I will end up making at some point. It just hasn't happened yet. Okay, and and thank you for mentioning the word Ginjaka because my uh, Whitey McWhiteface uh, mouth has a hard time with some of these Japanese words. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, thank you so much for that. All right, uh, so the last question I actually have prepared is, do you, any advice, any of you want to give to cosplayers, black cosplayers, and specifically cosplayers in general, newcomers, any anybody you can think of, what advice do you want to impart? Akakioga, let's have you start. Um, the, the biggest thing I usually end up telling cosplayers in general when they're first starting is don't be afraid to just jump into the fray. Um, like I said earlier, a lot of people do get intimidated when they see like these giant armor builds and these grandiose like seamstresses who are just busting out these crazy costumes. And it can be intimidating when you're like, well, I don't know if I could do that yet. Can I do something smaller? And the answer is always yes. Um, and the best way, honestly, for a lot of people to get into cosplay is to buy a costume first. If you buy a costume, you are already going to be able to cosplay that character. You don't have to worry about having to make it from scratch. And you can just do that and it'll be great. And then you can learn over time how to make stuff. Um, for black cosplayers specifically, the biggest thing for me that really helped me out was to join black cosplay communities. Being a part of a like a grander scale of black cosplayers to surround you and to like boost you up and to like hype you up when you want to make something is the biggest help for even for me that I've noticed is we all do need a support group. And if you if you can't find it outside of the black cosplay community, you could definitely find it within the black cosplay community. So there's 
so many groups that are open right now that are welcoming people in with open arms, whether you're new, whether you've been here for a hot minute, just being able to surround yourself with a, a welcoming community is definitely a really good place to start if you're nervous to get started. All right, Galaxy, how about you? Do you have any advice you want to give to cosplayers? Yes, as a newbie, it's always going to be hard, probably from the beginning, because you're just starting out. So don't let social media or what other people say about your cosplays. Make it your way. Make it easy. Keep doing what it is that you love doing. And if it's your way, it's your type of form. And a lot of people get who you are cosplaying and keep doing it. Don't stop. Don't get discouraged because you're new. Eventually, somebody's going to notice you. Somebody's going to ask you about your work. Somebody's going to want to ask you questions. Just keep doing it and continue it, no matter what. All right. And, yeah, that that is definitely good advice. And, and I'm sure, as you've learned yourself, a lot happens in a year, a lot of growing. Yes, definitely. And I'm very proud of it. And Nightmage, any advice you want to impart to any potential audience members? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, just to echo exactly um, what they both said, just uh, don't think um, there's any kind of set way to do anything. Like, let yourself be the own, your own standard bearer. And um, just, yeah, jump in head first. Don't be afraid to also reach out to other cosplayers for help and for advice. Um, Typically, cosplayers are very vain, so we want to talk about ourselves, and we want to talk about how we made things and give that type of advice. Um, I guess also, because cosplay is becoming more and more mainstream, is just remain humble, too, because chances are, you know, if you're doing it for a while, you're going to get some kind of recognition in some way, shape, or form. Um don't let that get to your head. Um, always know that, you know, there's there's always going to be someone better than you. It's going to be someone who did it first. You're definitely not going to be the last person to do it. So just, you know, stay humble, stay thankful, and, um, you know, pass on knowledge. Excellent. All right. I, I, do you, any of you have any questions for each other you want to uh, ask by any chance? Um, hmm. 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 <laughs> Indeed. I think I'm down a ball because they know each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, um, that's okay. Yes, yeah, it's just always nice to meet newer people. So I definitely have to go find you guys' names. <laughs> yeah. Which actually leads nicely into uh, where we can find you guys on social media. Galaxy, how about you give us your info first? Yes, you can find me on Instagram um, slash star underscore galaxy. And you also can find me on Facebook, Galaxy the Mythical. And if you guys love TikTok, y'all definitely can follow me on TikTok slash at star underscore. It's Jitson, so it's J-I-A-N-I-X-A. I plan to change it to star underscore galaxy, but that won't be till next month. So, yeah. Yeah, and you've got some adorable sneeze challenges up on there right now. Absolutely worth looking at. Thank you. 
And uh, Night Mage, where can we find you on social media? Um, yeah, uh, Twitter at Night. Which I don't even use Twitter really, but it's at Night Mage, uh, Instagram Night Mage One, and Facebook Night Mage. All right, you, you, try, t- folks. If you follow Night Mage, don't blink. He he moves <laughs> faster than a certain character who recently popped up in Wandavision who is still potentially spoiler territory for some, so I won't say. Hush! Nice. nice. <laughs> and finally, Akakyoga, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, kind of, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter. Now I'm, I'm on TikTok. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> um, and Patreon. At uh, A-K-A-K-I-O-G-A on everything. Right. And well, Galaxy, Nightmage, Akakioka, thank you three so much for coming on this edition of the show. I, I've, I say this to all the guests because I mean it. You are always welcome at our table. Uh, thank you for having thank me. You. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. Folks, we're going to wrap things up in a little bit. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have contact information for the podcast and also this week in gaming history and but but for for the moment thank you for joining us and until next time game on Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc dot org and me at j-a-m-e-s at fc3roc dot org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool, and begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking, that's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, 
All music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. Hello again, folks. James Irish back with you, and I'm here with this day in gaming history for February 18. In 1984, the Famicom version of Wild Gunman was released in Japan. Contrary to what you saw in Back to the Future Part 2, there was never an arcade release of this game. It was strictly a home game, but hey, ne never let that get in the way of a good gag, am I right? I want to once again thank Akakioga, Galaxy the Mythical, and Night Mage for joining me for the 28 Days of Black Cosplay Roundtable. This was a lot of fun talking to the three of you, and I want to give a special shout out to Kiss a Frog Cosplay, who wanted to be the fourth voice on the panel, but had another commitment out of town and couldn't have access to her computer this past weekend. I said it to you via direct message, and I will say it here so it's on the public record. We, we will have you on the show at some point for a different topic. That's a promise. Folks, once again, you all have a great day. Thank you.